0: Hi. How are you? I'm good. And who are you? I, I, I'm Kwaku. And who are you? I'm Otto. And this is Radio Zamunda The. Dope. Shit. Yes, oh, sir.
1: Believe it. Okay. Uh, we're back. We're back on our grind. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, it. Once it. Uh, someone said to me the other day, like, oh, you guys don't, like, post weekly. You guys post, like, uh, uh, whenever there's, like, a, a blood-red moon, right? And yeah, like, we post
0: on <laughs> African time, okay? We, we have to. We have to. We take our time here. Uh. <laughs> So you'll get it when you get it.
1: Yo. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. so with that being said, you ready to get into this? Let's get into it. All right, let's do
2: it. Can I the
1: the you me There, Got it. i love that sound i love that uh-huh. sound. all right um well let's uh let's start this officially sure um who are you with the uh, purple t-shirt on i'm otto and who are you my name is kwaku and this is radio zamunda the dope shit
0: yes A bit of <laughs> that's french that's French, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgot yeah, baby. Yes. That is French.
1: <laughs> dope oop <laughs> <Be> French. Yes. <laughs> um, so I am really, really excited to be uh recording today because it is now my turn to return the favor mm-hmm. and uh and to bring on my own dope shit and my own amazing person. So Otto, I would like you to meet Barry. Barry, do I pronounce your name uh Zvigals?
2: yeah you have to have those stutters right at the beginning you You're it. <laughs> it's, it. it's, it's kind of hard you got to get the rhythm of it and start with one it comes in different fashions but got uh, it Yeah, the easy way is i guess one well, it's a strange name ski Svi. Svi gals Svi yeah it's not it's the s and the v together um yeah it's ukrainian
0: it's ukraine is it, is it,
2: Ukrainian? it really? oh uh, wow my grandparents yeah. came from odessa wow it's not been too much in the news but uh, yeah my
0: god it, it, do you still have family there and uh,
2: i probably do but i don't know them oh um, okay i don't know them my grandparents came over in the late eighteen nineties. Mm, wow during one of the pogroms where they were trying to eliminate people who were not like them Jesus, it's no. funny.
0: I mean, I know we're got, we're about to interview, but like, I, I just don't understand. We've been humans for two hundred twenty five thousand years now. Like, you you think that we would get the whole stop killing other people that don't look like you or sound like you or pray like you or believe like 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 we're all here together, guys. Like, why are we doing it? And so when when you see it now. Um, Now that we have our sort of YouTube war happening where you see it on social media every day, and I I just can't believe that we're still in a place where one guy can wake up and say, Oh, you know what, today I'm just going to go and take a country and then like a whole army shows up like, that still happens. And, and, and now that we can see it in front of our faces, it's still happening. It's, it's uh, awful. So uh, yeah, that's, uh, it is awful. Yeah, well, it, it's it's nice to meet you, Barry. Nice to meet <laughs> um, you, Otto. Yes, yes, and you have a great last name, Spiggles. Spiggles, you say,
2: gals. It's the gals. gals, yeah. It's My like father Spigals. used to say, "Accent on the gals," which ah. certainly was an interest of his.
1: Got it, got it. Yes, Spiggles. So as you can tell, Barry's very shy, and this is. You know, <laughs> yes, you I also appreciate.
0: Those, yeah. I appreciate Barry's glasses game because I have a nice like sort of orangey pair and you've got a nice yeah, like sort of no, I, w- blue. I was about
2: to get into that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: yeah we all have good, ga- good glasses, glasses people. Game. Right. Yeah, very Great nice. Very nice. Yeah, like. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, so um Barry, as I have I as I've explained to you, um Otto knows nothing about you. And that's uh, the way we do this on, on Radio Zamunda.
0: Well, I know that he has, has ancestry U- from the Ukraine. I know this his last kidding. name. I know how to spell it. I right. know what he looks
1: like. I'm kidding. Okay. I'm, I'm being a smartass, Barry. I'm sorry. No, because we have this ass. little we have this little game that we play, which mm-hmm. for the longest time, I would pretty much let Otto win until he started talking smack consistently <laughs> whenever we had guests. And then I had to show him mm-hmm. I had skills. But the game mm-hmm. is, Barry, and I've explained this to you, that he actually gets three guesses To guess what it is you do.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Good luck, big guy. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I'm hoping you will tell me. (laughs) That's that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. You're
1: you're just going to say yes or no. He gets to ask you uh, three questions.
2: This is like, what's my line? I mean, there it is. (laughs) Pretty much. Pretty much.
1: He's going to ask you three questions. And at the end of the three questions, he is going to guess. With his amazing prowess, and what I love about what you're going on, Barry, you have a blurred background because yeah. Billy Kaiser so say this. Um, Barry's giving me nothing. Nothing. It's blurred, yeah. and it's like some white walls behind you, mm-hmm. maybe a doorway. Mm-hmm. I'm just calling this all out. Yeah, an exit. Mm-hmm. So that's the exit. you to run out. It the makes it.
2: <laughs> you always have to have that, you know.
0: Wow. So, okay. Uh, I'll tell the floor <laughs> of yours. Well, uh, gosh, okay, this is gonna be a tough one. Well, Barry, uh, having only a a slight sense of you, having a sense of, uh, I feel like there's a good, like a fashion sense. I love the glasses. I love the look. Um, There's an eruditeness to you um, that I'm sensing, uh, unless you're just a fantastic actor. (laughs) So I, I, I can imagine you in front of people giving like, A TED Talk or some kind of like thing like that, you know. I I feel like that there's something that you present that um, ideas. You're you're giving me a little bit of a a, of a OG Steve Jobs vibe. You know what I mean? There's like there's uh, there's something to that. So I I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna go just because of what also Kwaku does. I'm gonna say that you do something in the education space.
1: Oh,
2: that's a tough one. Mm um loosely yes
0: (laughs) okay (laughs) loosely education space um but i feel like i'm in a universe now um i okay so my next guess will be that education space okay how about no, 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 no! Gosh, this is this is a tough one. This is a tough one. Well, okay, my world. Yes, this is a tough one. Um, <laughs> I am going to say that you run a company that consults mm. on the education space. Like you, you consult on curriculum, or you. Create okay I'm, I'm I'm shooting out too much but like i feel like you do run a company i feel like you're the head of something and if you're not you should be <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah i'm gonna talk to those guys yes um, damn it uh yes i i did run a company that i'm hmm. retired from recently ah okay 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 retired. and um oh, 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 oh. no no nope nope that's, no, okay. no, that's it <laughs> okay
0: that's it okay we're not giving recently, anything else <laughs> okay, but he's recently retired from a company um but still looks spry, still's got the twinkle in his eye. So he's he's moved on
1: to oh boy. Hold on. I'm uh, going to I'm going to stop this here. I'm going yes. to here. Okay. I'm going to do something for you that you never do for me. Why? Why? <laughs> I don't need help. It's painful that you struggle. like? I'd rather, I'd rather so lose hard. to this.
0: I'd rather lose. A you don't want to hint? No. No. I'd, I'd rather get the reveal. Well, I, 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 I love
2: the back and forth between yeah. you and <laughs> This is really already the price of admission. It's yeah. <laughs> worth it. Totally worth it. Okay. geez. All right. So
0: then you, you, you used to run a company, maybe sort of vaguely educational space, kind of. You took a like. Big pause to think through that. So I think I'm in the universe. Boy, um uh, well I'm gonna well, a company, geez. I have no idea. So I'm, I'm gonna like say watch me struggle, but I'm this is I know. This is, is this possible. is great. This is like watching uh, someone get dental work done. And Barry's got a great poker face too. This is that's amazing. He's just like dead eye looking yeah. at me. You know what mean? Rep- so I mean? Like, yeah, it's good. <laughs> Okay, so uh, in the interest of time, I am going to say that you have created an app. <laughs> That's you've you've made it. You've made you Don't have. Did you
2: get a third question or something? Is this the third question? This is the yeah. third question. You yeah. you okay.
0: created an education app. That's just my hail mary. Mm. Steph Curry three pointer.
1: Well, Barry, do you want to? Uh do you want to wow you want to share out he, re- he really leaned into that that steve jobs vibe that you have going on which is interesting yeah this that's what's getting me where you're located
2: um not in the typical sense of apps no okay
1: wow okay
0: so then what this is a mystery so then i really now i mean i'm out of i'm out of uh, Try so let's
1: let's hear it. What's the reveal? I'm fascinated. Barry, you should share everything because he he was kind of close with the education piece, but you should share it all.
2: Yeah, yeah. So Kwaku and I did meet at the D School, uh huh, where um, I was and still linger on <laughs> as a fellow. <laughs> okay, uh huh. Um, at the D School, uh-huh. and it is in the education space. I should have said D School. Um, God, but I'm an architect. But but Ooh, I am an fun an fact! Architect and an artist. Oh, nice! And um, I'm a musician. Ah, uh, so, uh, I in part as part of my architectural practice, which had art in it, uh huh, sculpture. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. we did a number of uh, schools and universities, mm-hmm. and particularly elementary schools. Mm-hmm. And one in particular that um, got national prominence was the replacement school for Sandy Hook. Wow. So the D school wanted to reimagine school safety, and Mm -hmm. I applied for the job. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, ended up there um, and had just a fantastic experience. And in a way we did come up with an app, which is somewhere around here, called Questions to Your Answers About School Safety, which wow. were these post it notes that were all questions that were prompting a change in the conversation about school safety. Wow. Um, and it's connected to um, a curriculum um, uh, about how to think about schools and the environment in schools from a different perspective than the typical one. When you hear safety, you think, school shootings yes and yeah. what we're trying to do is turn that around entirely and say we want to move in fact our class that Sam Seidel I don't know if you've met him oh, Hato, I've heard uh, the name um, yeah, but he's, yeah yeah he's uh he well he wrote um uh hip-hop genius oh yeah yes yeah. came out with hip-hop genius too uh-huh. and um, uh uh-huh. the terrific book uh, mm-hmm. with, with the uh high school of recording arts Minneapolis mm-hmm. anyway he and I collaborated on this uh, together and taught a course uh, called safe by design from fear to joy and learning environments.
0: Wow. You know, there's a fun fact I, I I there was a brief period of my life where I thought I should be an architect. When I was going to school, I went to Cornell um, and I instead became great school. An engineer. And and great it's a good school architecture
2: stuff going on in Cornell.
0: Yeah. But the, the thing that I the reason why I didn't become an architect is because the people that I met going into the architectural school freshman year, you never saw them again, ever. <laughs> not out at night, not at the party, not walking on campus. They were in whatever that building was, and they never came out. Yeah. So I was like, whoa, boy, I'll just yeah, be that, an engineer. <laughs>
2: that, you know, it's interesting, um, Otto, the number of people, of course, that I meet that say, you know, not quite, I could have been a contender, but um, uh, I wanted to be an architect, and uh, there is an allure to the idea of making places, Um, Mm -hmm. and it's a lure that is uh, rewarded uh, over and over again when you become an architect, but it is Mm -hmm. true that there's a ramp up to it that is rigorous. I was lucky that it didn't occur to me to do architecture until I was 25. Mm had i looked back at <laughs> so i was hoping you were going to tell me what i was what i do oh yeah um, had i had i really looked at what i had been doing up until that point i would have said it's obvious that i was going to do something like architecture mm-hmm. but it didn't occur to me so i was trying all sorts of different things and consequently i didn't end up in that building i was out having a great time <laughs> doing stuff i mean basically i did sports for you.
1: Got you. let's let's back up a little bit because uh a big part of this is uh an auto how do you frame it you always call it the the what story the uh, the origin story origin story mm-hmm. um we love to sort of hear um basically how uh who come from these conversations um their journey to the creative place that they end up in or the creative place that they're in when we're talking to them and so we always preface this by saying, you know, you can talk about as much or as little as you want to, but we like you to go as early or as far back as possible because it kind of gives us and, and eventually the, the five people who listen listening to this podcast a sense of your journey and how you ended up to be the person that you are and doing what you're doing.
2: I think it's a complete mystery. <laughs> <laughs> um, you you, you, I mean, if you put it so broadly that it has to be somewhat mysterious. And where where does that interest begin? Um, I saw my mother at an early stage sculpting, though she wasn't a sculptor. Um, and uh, interesting, you pick up on the fashion aspect, Otto. Mm-hmm. My entire family was in haberdashery. I was the only one that didn't. No that. way. Uh, my my grandfather had a. Dep- store in Newark, New Jersey. Um, my father worked at Macy's, my mother worked at Lord and Taylor's as a buyer, my sister worked as a buyer in Lord and Taylor's. My father was voted um, twice by Women's Wear Daily, the, the in the top 10 best dressed men in New York City. Wow. holy shit. And That's he, also- he said he, he <laughs> talking about my father, but it is the origin story. Yeah, he um, emphasis uh, on uh, gals. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he apparently introduced colored uh, pocket scarves in the 1930s. They always used to be white. Are you kidding? And he he was buying for Macy's in Italy and got all these small uh, <coughs> scarves wow. that you could put in your pocket. And he started wearing them and apparently it became a thing. Oh, I have a whole collection so cool. of them, by the way. That is the I use thing. those. I put them in my, you know, my right Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great memory. He was an elegant, elegant guy. Um,
0: I have a huge collection of hats, by the way, like actual hats. Not yes. I don't really wear baseball hats, but like I, I like a good hat. Hat. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Stetson. So like I've, I've, if we were in my nice. other room, you'd see a whole shit ton of hats. If we were in
2: them. the other room, yeah, we'll have yeah. to compare collections later.
0: Yes, know? exactly. Like
2: we're not going to be interested in this, but. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. How far back do you want to go with this? Um, there's an aesthetic dimension to that, that my father and mother and, and sister, of course, have in fashion is is uh, the architecture of your um, uh, expression, mm-hmm. outer expression mm-hmm. to people. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so sort of loosely. Yeah. Uh, I was always interested in making stuff. If I look back, I was making things when I was little and whatnot, but I had a lot of interests. So um, it, it wasn't the only thing. And what was an appeal uh, in architecture was it? I could bring all of those together. Mm. Yeah. So, you know what? Yeah. I, yeah. What
0: ahead. What's fascinating is I've heard you say the word making twice now, um, and, I've, and I marked it down because I loved how you said making places um, when you'd I think the sort of more pedestrian way to think about architecture is like you're designing buildings, you're making a building, but you said making places which has an emotional aspect, which has a more human dimensional aspect than just a structure that sits in a, on a street somewhere, right? And the same place where you said, you know, what fashion is, it's like an expression, it's like an your inner expression coming out through your fashion, you know what I mean? And I think that, we're figuring out not that this is what this podcast is about, but like figuring out like that what sparked you um into what you became, right? Because to <laughs> me it reminds me I like to dress snappily as well um when I when I want to. Um and And it's a thing that like guys aren't supposed to care about. We're not supposed to care about clothes. We're supposed to just wear our Lee jeans and Wranglers and all that shit. But like, I like to dress up a little bit, like when I'm going out. And I remember the moment that I discovered it when I was, I was eight years old and um, I was supposed to go to, like I had to go to a wedding with my mom or something like that. And I didn't have a suit and I'm an eight year old. And so my dad, and I was a pretty tall kid. So my dad, dad had an old suit that he didn't wear. So we took it to the seams, um, that the tailor fitted it to me, and then they did their adjustments and then they gave the suit back. And so of course the suit comes back and I'm standing in my parents' bedroom in the full length mirror that they had and they put it on me and they're fussing, okay, this looks good. And I just kept looking at myself in the mirror because it looked so good. Like this suit so that good. was all like, you know, janky on me when I first put it on. Now it fit. And like my parents started laughing because I spent the next 20, 30 minutes in the mirror, just staring at myself. Right. And it was, it's a, it's an indelible moment in my head. Just like you said, your mother sculpts or your dad figured out those pocket squares that just like puts a stamp on you. You never know where it's going to go but somehow it just manifests in you in your later life. It just That's why we always go to the origin stories because I find it fascinating. It's just like that image of me in the mirror is like you just invoke that. I've not thought of that in like 40 years, you know what I mean? But it's like, yeah, that's the time. I was wearing a pinstripe suit. I had the tie on. I was taught how to put the tie on and it just, felt so good. And I felt like Billy D. Williams, you know, that's what I kept yeah, thinking. I was yeah, like, I yeah, look good, yeah, you know, and yeah. I'm eight, you know, but anyway, yeah, I yeah. Cut you off no, that's so, good.
2: That is a yeah. great origin. Story, yeah, Otto. that's yeah. a really great one. Yeah. And they endure. Um, what's so interesting in the way you've talked about it, um, looking in the mirror um, opens to the reciprocal nature of how you dress. Mm-hmm. Um, and a friend of my father's who was also an extraordinary guy, an elegant man, um, William Siegel, said that dressing well is a generous act. Ooh,
1: I like that. Mm.
2: That of course you dress for yourself, you want to look good in the mirror, but you're dressing mm-hmm. for others in a certain yeah. way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, it is this inner and outer relationship which may become a, a theme. Through this conversation um mm-hmm. of bringing the inner life to the outer world mm-hmm. and providing um a place for it within yourself mm-hmm. i'm making the leap now but uh, a place for it within yourself as well as a place for it in life mm-hmm. starting mm-hmm. with the home and places outside mm-hmm. um places that are created mm-hmm. um That we inhabit our clothes, mm. and we inhabit these places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's not a that's not a direct analogy, but it, it is it is a way in which we become ourselves. Right.
0: Yeah. There's something about. I mean, we're. It's funny. We're talking about clothes now, but it, we're going to expand into architecture and all that. But it's like, I like how you put that as well. Um, I think you said Mr. Siegel's quote, which is a generous act, right? Yeah. Um, I often think of you know, again, going back to like in our society, I feel like the, the sort of masculine sense of men are supposed to just be utilitarian and not care about things like this because it's a frivolity. And you also just mentioned your space where you live, right? Oh, I'm not supposed to care about the color of my walls. I'm not supposed to care about that stuff. That's like that's like feminine stuff, That uh, it doesn't matter. But like thinking about it as a generous act, thinking about like it's in the same way you think about music, right? Somebody writes a song, to me it only becomes a song when somebody else hears it right and somebody else experiences it right and so like every single you can start to think that every single thing you do is an artistic choice even if you're not an art, artist and you're sharing your vision your inner life with somebody else whether it's a song or it's a book or it's a place that you've made or clothes that you wore or a certain style it's all something you we're all no matter what communicating with the outside world whether we like it or not, whether we know it or not, we're always communicating artistically with the outside world. And why not find what your aesthetic is and communicate it more, um, you know, sort of be cool with how you express
1: it, I guess. See, this is interesting what you're bringing up because mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 it resonates. First of all, you're like, <laughs> and I know this wasn't pointed to be like, I don't ever wear baseball hats and i'm totally wearing a baseball hat oh yeah <laughs> i know you know but even like the utilitarian stuff that you're describing and i'm like uh, i'm looking around the zoom boxes and it's just like Barry, you know casually dressed to the 15s you know what i mean mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. yep. you're not you know you you look like you're springtime in new york in your t-shirt and i literally was yeah. like, all right cool i've rolled out of bed i've set everything up i don't <laughs> care what i do right 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 um but it made me think you know you're talking about like the elements of yourself are the elements of what you consider in your art form and how it becomes real when you share it with people mm. um, and it made me reflect on there's so much uh that i struggle with that because i live within my own head mm. in a variety of ways and there's so many things that are going on there but how that's expressed i'm very uh selective or guarded personally about how i do that so right. at work i have very few pictures of my family at work mm-hmm. because I feel like that's something for me. I'm mm-hmm. not putting it in that space, but based upon what you've described, it is a level of uh, it is an element of what makes me artistic, or that mm-hmm. it, it's an it's a it's an aspect of my of the way that I see the world, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like I've always wondered about the people who consistently, and I would classify it this way, had the energy to constantly um look good mm-hmm. and i never mm-hmm. thought of it that way i thought of it mostly as like um not narcissistic but it's sort of like hey this is what i want this is what makes me feel good but the idea of it being a piece of like how you're curating the art of of your lifestyle or the architecture of your lifestyle that mm-hmm. is a brand new thought to me i absolutely mm. love that
0: yeah and as an actor i mean i've just cut in so for a second because this is this is generating so much for me to- Just just in meeting you, Barry, so thank you. Right, but I mean, I just, you know, one of the things that I recognize as an actor is how important the clothes or the costume that you're wearing, right? It's like you put on a really nice Tom Ford suit. You can't help but like your chest comes out. Like you, you can't, like your body responds to it. Whereas if you put on some rags or something like that, your body responds to it. Like you can't not respond to the input that whatever you're wearing or whether where wherever you're standing, what the place that you're standing in does. Like that is more, that I think is almost more important to the acting or the ability to act than even the lines are. The lines are very important, but like there's something that you just don't notice. Like I, I just know that when in the times where I've had, you know, you go back and you're with the costume designer and you're, you're shooting out ideas and they're shooting out ideas and then you're trying things on. And there usually is that one coat or that one thing that I put on that goes, oh, there it is. And I just feel it. And it's like, that's the one. Mm-hmm. and And then you walk onto the set that they've designed for that character and you go, yep, that feels right. You know what I mean? It's 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 that thing. So yes, <laughs> Barry, you you are you're sending me right now, man. You're yeah, I
2: get, I get it. Uh, what you're saying, Otto, you're you're expressing it extremely well, um, and it reminds me of the um, again the reciprocal relationship between um, how we present ourselves, how it is resonant with who we are, who we what character we wish to play, Mm. the person, in fact, maybe we aspire to be and are not. Mm -hmm. Um, And also what we elicit from others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there is Mm -hmm. this um, complementary relationship that begins to happen. So Mm -hmm. that outward expression, um, and a close, of course, is the, that's the the clothing of, of of who we are, and how we want to express ourselves. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's that inner life, again, that is, is hopefully re- resonating with somebody else besides mm-hmm. ourselves in the mirror. I think mm-hmm. that uh, there is a narcissistic, just to your point, Kwaku. I think there is a narcissistic aspect to it. Sure. Um, but it certainly isn't the whole story um, mm-hmm. at all. Um, mm-hmm. That it makes a difference in the world. You know, mm-hmm. I have a, uh, have a uh, an obsession with the idea that how we are is the beginning, the end all and the be all. Um, How we are in the world, how we show up in the world, all the different aspects of that Mm -hmm. um, is not only the beginning point, it is the point. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Ah. We we tend to project out in an architecture, it's very easy to do, you think that these projects are about the buildings, the thing that you're making, you Mm -hmm. know, the project that you're creating, the deadlines, all that stuff is out there. Mm But whatever that manifestation is, it comes from this moment. It doesn't come from any other moment, and it no. comes from how all the things are right now. And it begins with my own attitude. Um, my orientation, my um, my deepest longings, my um, loves, my hates, all of those things are right here. And if, if I run past them, which I almost always do, because I'm interested in what you're saying, or I'm I'm drawn out, or I, typically in our minds, and you were talking about the racing mind, Kwaku, that's, you know, all the stuff that's up there. When someone's speaking, typically, what's happening is the thinking about what you're going to say next, (laughs) to be honest about this. Mm -hmm. The space that's needed, of course, is not that, (laughs) in order for listening, really. Mm-hmm. really to happen. Um, so, in my engagement, if I'm too concerned with what I want to accomplish, mm. or what I want to say, which was the analogy, um, I'm taken away from what might be expressed that it's a, is, is needed, what is needed, because I think that in architecture, as I'm jumping around a little bit, but in architecture, I think in, in many spaces, um, and, you know, in education, we don't know what's needed, certainly in the in the school safety conversation. If anyone paid attention, they would know it was needed. It's not metal detectors. I mean, it's, just, you know, it's not, you know, smaller windows or, or bulletproof glass. It's not what's I, needed.
1: Or, bar, uh, windows. or
2: Yeah, exactly. All those things. Um, but we don't know what's needed. And we need to be in touch with what's needed. And it comes again from creating a space where what's needed might appear so I can I can begin to appreciate and then begin to express it. Mm-hmm.
1: Barry, there's so much. First of all, this podcast is an exercise in me learning how to listen because with that racing mind, like as soon as someone's saying something, my mind sh- shoots off in a direction. I even have like a little mute button here that <laughs> so it's like it's not a Zoom mute button; it's a separate mute button that forces me to shut up and mm-hmm. listen, even if my mind is racing. Mm-hmm. Um, And then the other thing that you just described, the idea of creating the space for what is needed, uh, that for me as a musician is the best technique I've used or discovered for writing songs, because you can come in and have something fully formed in your head. And I know a lot of people who do this and they're they're brilliant. And they know exactly what each instrument's going to do and what effect they're going to put on it and the plugin and how they're going to record it and all of that. And uh, I have this other friend who's this guy, Jack, who I, I played music with for years. And he he would write these songs that are so brilliant. I was like, dude, how do you do this? And he's like, yeah, I go in and I think about nothing.
2: <laughs>
1: and I set up the drums. And then I just keep reacting to each little element that I add on. Mm-hmm. And so when you were saying that, that's what it made me think of. Like that is what uh I feel like Otto and I try to create with these conversations where we're we, I mean, which is part of the reason why one of us knows nothing, because it gives you the ability to just react. You're not mm-hmm. coming in, I was thinking about this I was trying to get all these questions answered. No, what is this person sharing? Mm-hmm. And then how am I bringing my experience or my curiosity to what they've shared? And how do I react? Right. And it sounds like that's the you know what I was taught
0: as an actor is like the best actors are the best listeners. It's it's all acting is is listening and repeating and letting things happen. Um, And it feels like I think you've talked about this Kwaku with the flow state stuff that you've recently started to bring up uh, in our in our relationship where, and and I've noticed this too, it's like, there's, we need to let our get lost, right? Like if you have an agenda like you said Barry, if like I already know what this is supposed to look like and da 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 da. And I know what school safety is supposed to be, right? You're always usually going to get that wrong answer. And I guess I'm just repeating what you just said, but you know, there's this is a theme that we come up with all the time on radios and window, which means that I feel like we're close to figuring out the secrets of the universe, Kwaku. So congratulations, ah! but there's a there's a level where you do need to have a method methodology of practice or whatever to get to a certain place in whatever you're doing such that you can forget it all and just let things happen right you have to practice your scales on your guitar So such that you can get the, you know, mobility and the muscle coordination and all of that stuff, you know, work with your uh, metronome and all that stuff, then you get to a point where you just say fuck it to all of it and you just lose it all and you just listen, and then you're just reacting to what's happening in the moment. And I think that happens in every aspect of life, I think you know, the times that you're with a good friend or somebody and you lose complete track of time because you have no agenda. You just, you know, we're sitting and having a cup of coffee and then five hours have gone by and we were just talking about stuff or we're just like sort of reacting and doing things. And I think that's the, almost from an educational standpoint, that almost is what we should be teaching everybody such that we could come up with the solutions of these solutions like school safety, right? Because I've been taught that school safety is metal detectors. It is smaller windows. It is, you know, uh, drills, gun shooter drills, right? I'm a little old for that. But, um, and so having new ideas can only be sort of ushered into the space if everybody just shuts the hell up and lets those ideas manifest kind of thing, right?
1: Absolutely.
2: The musical—that's a—I uh, I agree with what you're saying, and the musical analogy is a really great one. Um, and the way you describe the different pieces of it, uh, practice is extremely important, um, so that you can let go. <laughs> so you, yeah, um, and the ne- the necessity to let go to allow for the music—you, you're saying—that allows the music to appear. Um, as your friend does, Kwaku. Uh, He allows the music to appear. Uh, We had an experience one time of uh, our band playing, and a son of a friend of ours who was a young musician, had his guitar and we invited him up to play. And he, you know, took his lead and he was just, you know, all over the instrument. And clearly had an extraordinary facility. Mm-hmm. And during it, uh, Eric, who was my bandmate, and I were just looking at each other. And when he finished, Eric whispered in my ear, he didn't know what was needed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you can have all the technical ability uh, you want, um, but if you don't know what's needed, um, Uh, We had an experience going in in a, there's a great um, place in New Orleans uh, called Chicky Wawa's and uh, we went in there one uh, Thursday night um, for the clinically happy hour. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, there was a guy playing Phil DeGruy, who is a master, master musician. He plays a guitar, which is a 17 string instrument. Wow. And he's very funny and he's completely wild. Mm-hmm. And he was just wailing along with all this uh, uh, music that was coming out of him. It was fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, and we noticed a little sort of group on the side, the, the family, and it literally looked like a family, mm-hmm. um, different ages and whatnot. And uh, we were wondering what the hell they were doing there in this bar. Well, he took a break and he said, I wanted to invite up somebody to sing. And this this beautiful young woman heads to the stage and we're thinking, Jesus, he's going to kill her <laughs> <laughs> with this instrument. And as it turns out, um, she gets up. And she starts singing a song by Amy Mam, a man called "It's Not," mm-hmm. and this guy's playing. It disappeared, mm-hmm. and it just supported every aspect yeah. of this young woman singing. Yeah, and both of us were in tears with the music, and then only realized afterwards this was the same guy who a moment before <laughs> <laughs> was like fireworks, right he listened so incredibly carefully Mm -hmm. to the way she was singing the quality of the song and everything else it was just masterful literally he he disappeared right and it was so he he allowed it and and all all the things you were talking about earlier were at play yeah um but i want to go back to practice because practice i think is a really important thing Mm -hmm. um that we is poorly understood Mm -hmm. Um Not only is it for the technical ability and the discipline of it and the uh, attention it demands, which can't be diminished. I mean the attention that you bring to your acting or to your to your music, it's a quality of attention that's not like the attention that's typically is being drawn when a dog barks and you immediately go towards it mm-hmm. or you know all the things that we're distracted by. Mm-hmm. It's an attention that's directed. It's a different quality of attention. And that different quality creates an entirely different way of communicating Hmm. um, because it's ushering in something from another level. Mm -hmm. It's an attention that begins to open to another level, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is the essence of real creativity where we are, and I'm sure you've had this feeling of channeling or something about channeling Absolutely, but it's yeah. a, mm-hmm. of of bringing something through you mm-hmm. um into the world mm-hmm. um and i'm sure in music and and in just about everything mm-hmm. um we do start off thinking we're the center of the fucking universe mm-hmm. use the french yes please um it's actually anglo-saxon um <laughs> that's where i begin you know every morning and Every morning, I need to reorient myself to at least the possibility that I might be informed from another level with a kind of attention that has to do with the practice. Mm -hmm. And in practicing scales or practicing lines, with that quality of attention and with that practice, it allows for something else to occur, to come in. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's so much in that, I don't want to you know spend too much time on it but there's a there's a great deal um, about how um transformative music and acting and creativity can be mm-hmm. not only for one personally but in the world mm-hmm. that it is transformative because it is calling and becoming a part of something much larger that's mm-hmm. in that's then informing the work mm-hmm. um as opposed to my idea about how things ought to be you know back right. to that kid who says you know i just don't want to show everyone how great i am right 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 uh, i don't know there's a lot in that but that was that's a musical analogy i think is a very powerful one yeah um, i
0: find it very fascinating that that um i i felt that channeling before in acting and in writing as well when i've written I haven't written in a while um and and i i don't know if i'm even adding to this conversation anymore it's a but it's a mystery. It's it's I, I I hate that it's a no hate is a strong word, but I it it, it drives me crazy that it's a mystery, right? Because it's it's it it, it works against the idea of letting go sometimes. Because you're like I want that. Oh, that thing! I, I felt that thing, so I gotta work hard. And and as soon as you try for it, it flies away. Yeah. but as That's soon as really you're not looking, right?
2: Yeah,
0: you know, it's crazy.
2: Well, it's it, 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 excuse me for interrupting. No, yeah, um, please. Yeah. Um, that trying for something and the and the getting in the way of it is mm-hmm. is so much it. Um, and it's because of my idea about how things are. Mm-hmm. uh that gets in the way of how things are mm-hmm. uh, but there's something else in what you were saying that that uh, i'll come back to i can't remember what mm-hmm. it is but it's great
0: it's, yeah yeah
2: it's, mm-hmm. oh it's because it's that we can't work on on creativity directly Yes, that's the point i wanted to mm-hmm. to make and mm-hmm. you're you're both mm-hmm. resonating with that in different ways mm-hmm. you can't work on it directly mm-hmm. and that's not a problem that's an opportunity mm-hmm. so what are the other ways? And we can begin to tick them off, all allowing the things that you were saying, um, uh, allowing and, and um, uh, the practice part of it, I mean, other pieces of it that I think are all devices for getting out of the way of something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's not prescriptive, by the way, it's not a program. Right. It's something that allows for something else. And I don't think that's very well understood, the yeah. allowing for something else, yeah. Um, because it does, getting back to space, one of my favorite topics, um, yeah. that it allows for the space. And it's true of architecture, by the way, too. It's all, what's great about architecture is that it's a manifestation of ideas. Mm-hmm that then are a dynamic on people moving through it. Mm -hmm. And talk about giving up, you have no idea how the spaces are actually going to be used. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, obviously, there's a program and you think of people and depending on the types of spaces, you imagine certain things are going to be allowed to happen. But Mm -hmm. then there are Ways in which it's used that you would never have imagined and yeah. ways in which the light comes in you as much as you know about light, you mm. would not have imagined. And um, so you're putting something actually in play. And a certain in a certain sense, I think we as creative people aim to put ourselves in play. Mm. Uh, at least that's my feeling of it. I put myself in play with others, with the circumstance, with what's needed, with the question of what's needed. Um, and that play, by description, is saying there's an interaction. Mm-hmm. It's not a one-way street. Mm-hmm. It is very much, um, again, in music, the resonance of it, the harmonics of it, um, that until you get it out there, mm-hmm. as you were saying, hmm I'm looking at both of you. Of course, both of you were saying it. Um, it doesn't have meaning, right. frankly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not meaningful. Mm-hmm. This is interesting.
1: So there's a lot that you just said here, and we're gonna, we actually we're gonna get back to the origin story. But you just distracted us with your great mind and, and this whole this whole diatribe that we're on. Because um, we let it go, man. We're exactly, just flowing, baby.
0: Exactly. We're just flowing. <laughs>
1: um, so it was the the idea of creating the practice and not actually being able to work on creativity i love that and i've and i've seen that i've seen that in creativity i've seen that in like uh just like uh physical activity like taking care of yourself you know i um like i i'd had a really great practice going for a couple of months and then i had to stop exercising at a minor minor medical procedure where the guy's like oh well, you know you can exercise but you just can't sweat and i'm like okay oh, okay i don't really know how that works um but my point is that i like the idea of the practice i've noticed that if i if i'm consistently trying to write songs and let's say i i come into the garage here and i i do this 10 days in a row initially it'll be one out of every 10 day 10 days where like i i find the thing You know the the thing that channels through through us and then if it goes up to 20 days then maybe it'll be like three or four out of every 10 days so it's like if i get into the practice of doing it of just being in that space and being able to understand how to tap into the flow thing or just creating the elements where that can happen it will happen more consistently what will take me out of that place which is very interesting about what you're describing is thinking about the impact of the user or the part or whoever the participant whoever is going to listen to whatever I do, and so there's designing for the user, and then there's focusing on the practice, and it almost feels like to me, at least through these conversations, those feel like um, uh, uh, like different ends of a spectrum, mm-hmm. and I need and I, personally I need to focus on the practice more than the impact or designing for the user, which is kind of selfish. But then again, art is selfish,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And the way that tennis is selfish. If you don't play <laughs> every day, it's not going to treat you well. I know it's a right. really weird analogy, but specifically <laughs> basketball, you put up the score.
2: The selfishness yeah. of tennis, I know,
1: yeah. so. very <laughs> selfish. Um, uh, and so, I'm interested, you know, both of your opinions. The idea of like of of that of the, those being polar points. The idea of creating that practice whether it be for something creative, whether it be for something physical, whatever it is, that space, you wake up every day and you exercise right away, versus the impact, you know, you're gonna look good. Are you doing it to look good? Does that motivate you? Or the Mm -hmm. practice of being in that space and, and feeling good and just getting used to that? Hmm.
0: I, I keep coming up with like a, like a fisherman analogy where it's like, if you keep going to the same like fisherman watering hole or whatever you call it, and you work on the net that you're supposed to craft to cast out to catch the fish, you're not gonna catch fish all the time. Your purpose is to catch fish, right? Um, and if you keep going back to that river, You'll you'll subtly start to understand the the ebb and the flow of the water and the fish that are there and all that stuff and you'll get a skill set with how. You'll you'll get better at catching, catching fish and the fish maybe is what the creative thing that you've come up with now what you do with the fish. You give it to somebody else and they they make fish oil or they, they eat it or they fry it or they do some weird shit with it you don't know <laughs> do you know what I mean but like um right right stuff but it
2: put it in the wall yeah.
0: weird fish stuff but um you <laughs> well. know I, I it feels like you, I think we've said this a bunch of times on our podcast where it's and you just alluded to it it's like if you're worried about not only what fish you catch and and how, if you just worry about the fish, you're gonna forget about everything else that is also important there and all of the beauty outside of you just catching the fish right if you just allow yourself to experience the river experience the air experience the bird that's flying by the bird that's also trying to catch the same fish that you might be catching right you're missing all of that and if you're so worried about it instead of the journey of catching the fish which is the beautiful thing right um i think that that's and as human beings we always want to accomplish something and then be able to give it to somebody else and say look what i did pay me money or, or give me the adulation I want and all that stuff, right? But really the beauty is what I found in acting or what I found in all the other stuff is like it's the actual process. It's the actual sitting with Kwaku and like just rapping about something with somebody, which is the beautiful thing. Like the, the kind of annoying things like editing the podcast after like, putting it all together, and putting it out, and then like worried about how many how many likes did we get, right? That's the bullshit part. But like this is the like if i'm thinking ahead to like well how am i going to edit this right i'm missing everything that barry and kwaku are saying right like what am i doing here right and so if we like learn on a level to enjoy the process and to let it go in that practice the thing that i like to say is like there's nothing we're not practicing, right? And the, the guarantee of practice is that whatever you practice, you will become good at. So be careful what you practice, right? You know what I mean? Make sure that you're spending time doing things that you actually want to be good at instead of doing things that, you know, you don't want to be good at. You don't want to be, you you know, you can like, if you meet a real asshole, that person is an <laughs> asshole, right? They, they've been practicing being an asshole. That's why they're like that. You know what I mean? And so. If that's your if that's your goal, like keep practicing that. But if you're worried about, well, maybe I'm an asshole, right? Stop practicing being an asshole, right? Be in the moment, listen, and like sort of like like you said, like sometimes you just mute and allow things to happen and just like listen, you know. I, I that's kind of what I'm getting from what both of you are saying, where you know if we're so worried about the the end goal, which we can't even really know how it's gonna go. So going back to you know what you alluded to before, Barry, where you, you were working on the uh, Sandy Hook, the new Sandy Hook uh, Elementary School design, right? If you already know what school safety, and I'm putting air quotes in the air, is supposed to look like, you're gonna get it wrong. And you're gonna miss the opportunity to redefine what it means. And not just in that particular school because that particular school went through that thing, but like for all schools, Forever will have a different idea of how to like look at this and it's not something that only is in the building. It's in the place that you've designed, which is what Barry so astutely said he doesn't I've have I've not yet heard Barry say the word building. I've heard him say places I've heard him say spaces, and those spaces are all not just singular things that like hang in a vacuum. That school is attached to a neighborhood, which is attached to a city and a town, which is attached to people, which is attached to other towns that go through it, which is attached to an entire history of a state, of a country. Like all of that is interconnected. And if we're just worried about tiny windows and metal detectors, we've missed the whole fucking picture. So I think that's what you guys are saying.
1: Sounds like you were in Barry's class.
2: I I, 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 man. Okay, well done. All right, you get an A. Um, you know, it's interesting. What you're saying does um, have an origin story in mm-hmm. and of itself. Mm-hmm. And that, what I think was the most important thing in um, the work that the community did to create the, the school. Um, was the process of creation and how mm. they were able to let go of, uh, at least to some degree, the trauma that they suffered mm. in order for life to return and inform the making of a place that, as you were saying, was going, is going to endure hopefully for many years um, as a place of learning not as a reaction to something that happened. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that process was not an easy one to go through. And it was a process of reminding ourselves um, what was essential. What's essential in the joy of learning? What's the essential thing in the love of the places in which we live? And that reminder, that remembering, is literally bringing members back together, bringing the members of ourselves, the the, the 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 dispersed selves that we come to life with, um, that were fractured as individuals. All of us, nobody is escapes that, mm-hmm. uh, and there are all sorts of philosophical reasons for that, and and and. Um, universal reasons for that but in the sense of the um, the analogy with a the community um, they were definitely fractured by this event um, and the remembering the bringing the members together back together again was the f- the foundation for the creation of something that would be enduring uh, and not reactive mm-hmm and I think that that's a very difficult thing to see that we typically, I'm typically in my reactions all the time. And the attention that we were talking about earlier, that's essential in um, the creative act of living. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, is part of a kind of discrimination that we need to have in our lives that we don't um for all of us who are assholes um the the thing is we don't see that we don't i don't see my asshole qualities um however my wife does and she's um, she's not shy in telling me about them um then there's the problem of me accepting the truth of Mm -hmm. what she's saying um Mm -hmm. but how how to how to um see ourselves um, with discrimination as opposed to judgment. Mm. That's a really important distinction. Mm. Because typically, I judge myself even in the in the aspiration to be better. Mm-hmm. This part's bad, that's part's good. Mm-hmm. It, going back to the very beginning of the conversation of why we're in a shithole right now in the world
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, is that we judge others.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. And um, there was a talk that I read number of years ago, and I remember it now because I'm out in San Francisco, and it was given in Sacramento in 1968. Wow. Hmm. 1968. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was in college, and um, a lot of stuff was going down at that point. Yeah. Um, I remember when the Kent State students were killed, you can't imagine hmm. what that's like, yeah. you know, um, having fellow students killed, shot. I mean, it was just a horrible, horrible time. And there was a talk that was given by a man who um, was uh, the cultural ambassador to France actually um, Mm -hmm. at the time, but he was out uh, speaking to um, um, a group of people about the state of the world. And he said, we can't be surprised at what's happening in the world because the world is simply a projection of how we are inside. Mm. Mm. And that really struck me because Mm. I am certainly among the ones in the front line saying, look at those people and what they're doing. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) And uh, you probably know this expression uh, that if you point a finger at someone, three fingers are pointing back at you. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is so true that we can't appreciate it we can't get Mm -hmm. it um Mm -hmm. but what's more i think um telling about it is that it needs to begin with an examination of how we are and i i'm I'm remembering a friend of mine who was photographing the dalai lama for a magazine he was in washington dc raising money for the what was at the time a terrible um slaughter that was happening in tibet um, yeah. By the Chinese, and um, mm-hmm. he was asked uh, by this person in the audience, "What can we do for the Tibetan people?" Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I'm sure most people thought he's going to say, "Send your money to wherever," or "Go out and you know head to the front lines, whatever." Right. He said, "Send them your smiles."
0: Mm-hmm. Uh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: How about that, huh? Mm -hmm. If we could send our smiles more often right right now, I think there's a power of emanations, and and I don't want to diminish the real importance of social activism, which is obviously incredibly Mm -hmm. important. how did we get on this, by the way, from San Diego? Yes, we've, we're flowing, Barry. We're flowing. Yep. The- yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Oh, gosh. Tether that boy in, right? He's like the window. No. Um, I think those emanations, again, make, make a much greater difference mm-hmm. than we can ever possible know ever ever possibly know or or understand right um but i've seen it in action in Mm -hmm. in small ways my father exuded that he -hmm. respected people he respected everybody Mm -hmm. and he transformed people by it i watched him do it in a very modest way Mm -hmm. from the garage attendant to keith richards whom he met yeah wow i mean he was the same with everybody um and uh excuse me the story because I just fondly remembering my father I have a picture of him right here. please do we I was 14 or 15 and I was going in with him to the to the store and um at the time he was a senior vice president vice chairman of the board okay and uh those guys got uh, a um uh white carnation uh, as part of and showing who they were to a certain extent in the store to the other employees right <clears throat> um well we're going in he hasn't gotten this we're there at the right on 34th street and we're all about to go and the sun is coming down in this october day and i really remember it clearly and everyone pours in there's a guy in there that has um, <clears throat> red carnation that means he's the floor manager right and he's got his arms folded like this he's <clears throat> watching people come in And as we come in, my father notices him right off the bat and he starts to walk over to him. And um, this guy sees him coming. And my father was unmistakable. he was beautifully dressed, you know, the C.T. Freeman cut tailor suit and the whole thing with scarlet and and the church's shoes and the Italian shirt with the stripes going the white collar, the whole thing. The guy is always pressed out in an amazing way. But at any rate, so this guy's seeing him come up. And, uh, it doesn't know what's coming. And my father comes up and says hello to him. And he said, excuse me, um, are you happy working here? Wow. wow. And, but in a very nice way, it wasn't a challenging yeah. way. Yeah. And The guy frightened up and he said, well, yes. He said, that's wonderful. He said, then show it to everyone coming in. Wow. And he walked away. And i saw this guy was thought i should know who this is <laughs> 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 he immediately started greeting people yeah and that entrance was different totally yeah. different and this yeah. guy got it immediately and then was saying hello and talking to and everyone brightened up yeah it was in that moment was entirely transformed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by one thing and i yeah. uh, obviously i've never forgotten that i thought you can make a difference in the world why is it just don't understand I mean we think about big gestures and se- sending songs into the world all those things sure. are important uh, acting in a part that that people are touched by and it mm-hmm. reminds them of of what's essential in themselves, um, mm-hmm. all those things are important and. How you treat the makeup person.
0: <laughs> yeah oh 100% right. I uh, mean yeah. So I don't know how I got under that but. No, but it's 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 also. really as me. a Muna. yeah man, but hey, it's. it's <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of that. Uh, you just reminded me of the, uh, the little girl who I don't know, but like she uh, going back to Ukraine and how we kind of started this conversation. But if you remember, she was like, she's maybe nine years old or maybe even younger. And she's singing, I think that Frozen song to a bunch of people down in like a church basement or something like that. And I just saw that I I guess she got out. I'm not going to get this right, but I think she was able to escape. And then they put her in front of like the opera somewhere. And she's this little six-year-old girl alone in front of a packed audience on a huge stage singing this song. And as soon as I saw her sing it, I was like, no matter what happens, and I know this is probably going to be even more awful than it is, Putin's already lost. That, That little girl singing that song the way she does in front of the entire, literally nobody's, nobody has not not seen it, right? Because it's all over the world now. And those little gestures, all it is is a little girl singing her favorite song from a movie, right? In front of maybe a hundred people at that time. And now it's a thousand people and now the entire world is seeing it. And so whatever happens, there's gonna be more misery, but it's already lost, like he's Mm -hmm. lost in ways and and not only has he lost but the russian people even those that are they don't know what's going on they're completely shielded from this thing they are going to be detrimentally affected by that in ways that it's not even their fault they were just born where they were born do you know what i mean but like the one action it, it goes both ways the one action of this one guy is is completely destroying the the the, the beauty of this culture, right? And then the one action of this little girl is like bringing everybody to uh, the Ukraine side. Like, how can you bomb this one little girl? And when you see, I I saw another, the videos are amazing where um, there's this one guy who uh, he had taken shrapnel and now he was in a van driving to find something and he's limping and he takes the time to talk to the reporter and then as he's, getting back in his van, he's got this bad limp and he doesn't know where he's gonna get it taken care of, gets back into the van and then he starts to pull off and then he stops and he goes, and he's got a really thick accent. He he does, It's English is not his first language, but he says, you know, come help Ukraine. Okay, peace and good luck, right? And he says it and, he, and it's a strain because he's also in excruciating pain. But he smiled when he said it, and then drove off. And I'm like, "Oh my God, right? There's, there's no coming back from this, Vlad, Vladimir Putin. Like, you, you have done something that is will not ever be forgiven, and it's mm. that is your gesture in the world. And this is how everybody is responding. Anyway, I've also gone out on a on a long tangent. I blame Barry, but like, this is... <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. but this is, but it's also I accept what, it,
1: I Accept yeah. the blame. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to recenter us a little bit because sure. going out is, is great. That's the whole, I mean, that's the reason we've been doing this for this long. Um, uh, so Barry, you talked about your dad and you talked about your mom being into sculpting. Um, and you know, you've sort of like dropped in these little nuggets of, of young Barry at different points. Um, can you, cause I, cause I know some stuff about you and I, and I would love for you to talk a little bit about, um, how you discovered music and how that played into who you were, especially going mm. to college, that sort of thing.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that's, that's such ancient history, Kwaku. Uh, you know, it's this is back in the last millennium when this <laughs> stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the thing for me that is um, still surprising, and I'm not sure how it happened, um, and that's why at the outset I was saying, you know, we're the product of a confluence of all kinds of forces that we have no idea where they came from. And I can point to my mother and my father, which were the obvious sources. But God knows literally um, where these influences come from and how they land in us. Um, that is really fundamentally mysterious. So I got out of college and I thought I was going to do any number of different things. Um, And I ended up in Boston playing music in a band. And um, during the course of that, I realized um, (laughs) I thought I would be also a place kicker for a pro football team because I played soccer and I could kick the ball a long way. Damn. Before that, I was in in Europe playing soccer. So that was a whole other thing. At any rate. I got back and I realized, nah, I'm not, you know, maybe I can take it for 50 yards, but not with really big people coming. <laughs> right. uh, so I was playing music and uh, I think- and what the what instrument did you play? Sorry, guitar. guitar. Yeah, I guitar, got a b- gotcha. bunch of them downstairs. Got it. Um, and yeah, I'm thinking about that that time period. And we were in a band, <laughs> a series of bands. One of them was called Good Enough to Eat. <laughs> what were we thinking <laughs> what were we thinking to come up with a title like that was oh, so crazy oh, yeah I don't know we were you know, obviously on something but yeah. um, so during the course of that um, a friend of mine a fellow musician um, has a roommate a carpenter who said to me you know I, I'm going to this place called the Boston Architectural Center um, and it's really cool. And I thought, I don't know how I thought this was a good idea, but it was a night school, and the course was like two hundred dollars. And I thought, well, I could probably do that, and you know, then I can, you know, go to class and then go to the concert or whatever I was, with the gig that I was playing. Right. And uh, I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't thinking. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I show up at the Boston Architectural Center. So they're signing up for a couple of courses. It seemed interesting. And I'm there in my torn jeans with patches all over it. That was a thing then. And, you know, Got it. Torn jeans and so you put a patch on it. See, yeah. you know, it became mm-hmm. more patches than jeans. <laughs> and I had this leather jacket on. and I had this kind of, you know, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark hat. And yeah. <laughs> four Raiders of the Lost Ark, by the way. Just nice.
0: Say. Okay. Okay.
2: Um, you know. And a beard and long hair, if you can believe that I had hair, <laughs> and um, show up at this class. And most of the people are like in suits and ties and jackets because they've come from work
0: uh-huh. and they're
2: apprenticing as architects and they're uh-huh. trying to get a degree to become an architect. Yeah. Um, and this is a beginning class, and I sit down, and a guy starts talking. I'm like towards the back, of course, mm-hmm. and I'm listening to him. And I think to myself, I think I can do this shit. I think, wow. I, think I I think this is what I ought to do. Wow. And it was literally a, a friend of mine later when I came back and said, this is like, I don't know what happened to me, but I was in this class and I just thought, I'm going to do this. This is yeah. really great. This is going to, yeah. this is all, all the things that I've been interested in mm. were embodied in this young architect who was teaching this class. And I thought. Yeah, I can do this. And he said, you know what you experienced? And I said, what? He said, you experienced a satori. Mm. And I'd never heard, you know that term? satori? No, satori, no. Uh, uh, satori is a Japanese word that literally translates to kick in the eye.
0: Uh, it means
2: a moment of enlightenment. huh. Satori is a moment of awakening. Uh huh. And I had a moment of awakening for sure. I never turned back. Oh. I was terrible at it to begin with. I had no idea what I was doing. But it never fazed me there wasn't a moment when i thought oh gosh i may not be good at this didn't you know i would put i would put my stuff up on the wall and you know all the people in class would put their things on the wall and you'd get to mine and go
1: <laughs> "What did this? Hell? <laughs> is this barry again <laughs> exactly just okay. left over from the other show exactly yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you
2: know who thought this up uh, yeah. but i, I never for a moment that i think i wasn't going to do it um that's... so i don't think that's helpful to anybody <laughs> because yeah. it was just so unique but it goes back to the the idea that there are forces that align that come together and what a mystery it is yeah um how that happens um and never never return back you know i just yeah uh, you know then i went to eventually got into architecture school a year after that and um did three years of architecture school graduated 28 and um got into a firm and you know worked there for a bunch of years went to paris for a year um with my wife thanks to her and um that changed my life because i went to the de Arts and studied sculpture mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. whole story is again another mysterious path that sort of opened up for me and I happen to happen to, and there are no coincidences I'm convinced in this lifetime, um, work with the last great professor of uh, figurative sculpture at the École de Beaux-Arts, because things were, you know, becoming constructions and sculpture was going in a whole other different direction. Right. And he also knew about architecture. He worked with the great architects in, in France at the time, doing sculpture as part of the architecture. And I thought, now that's a cool idea. Yeah. And I came back intent on putting sculpture in the architecture, which I did. And, and, and that's uh, what my firm did.
0: So, so, wait, so I just want to get clarity. Before you went to architecture, architecture school was that like a night school you went to? Yeah, it was a was night it, school. It's, it's now a full school.
2: Uh, accredited accredited architecture school okay. out of the Boston Architectural College. And so you just
0: tipped in. Just with ripped jeans, off and- the street.
2: Yeah, wow. And I was off the street, wandered in, and got zapped. That's incredible. By I- architecture. Now, before that, had I looked at it, I was a political science major in college. Uh huh. <laughs> they were not particularly impressed with me in the political science department. <laughs> However, every art talk course I took, I yeah. I got honors, in, yeah. and I, but it never never occurred to me that that was something I should be doing. It was like right. duh. Yeah. you know. Um, so I did take design. I took drafting, in fact, mm-hmm. and never thought about it. Yeah, I mean, literally, when I went to the architecture school, I never thought I, I hadn't remembered that I took drafting <laughs> at college. I mean, so, how could I have forgotten that? I mean. So, yeah. Just, I just—I didn't make the—I just was not connecting the dots. I had this idea about going to law school because it, it sort of was coming from my my family of yeah. my father and my grandfather who, yeah. Um, so you know, of getting into politics, actually changing if, the world in politics.
0: It feels uh. like the theme of all this is not thinking. Do you know what I mean? Like,
2: <laughs> and, and, and seriously, like it's like
0: it—it it feels like the things, and I feel like it's the same with me because like mm-hmm. when when people th- when my family thinks about me being an actor right like my brother was the only one who was like duh right but i went to chemical engineering school i was doing there you go. right you know what i mean and then like i randomly did a play and i've said this on the podcast before but uh, uh my girlfriend at the time dared me to do the play and i was like no way what and then she kind of laughed at me she's like no you you're gonna do this play And I had no idea what acting is, nothing. I had never seen a script in my life, but I had the time of my life. And it was like something just lit up in me. And so then when I graduated, I went and then I made this mission statement for myself. And I said, I just want to figure out what I want in my life, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's engineering, I don't know what it is. And the acting just kept coming back to me such that I eventually found myself in New York City. And I, like you, I tipped into an acting class, sat down, No idea what the hell they were doing, but I was like, oh, I'm home. I have no idea what I'm going to do next, but I'm home. It didn't think about it. And, And the part about the not thinking is my brother, who was always like, you were always doing like different characters and like doing weird shit, dude, like <laughs> all the time. Like, I don't know how everybody else is confused that you're an actor. And it was just the stuff that I did naturally. Like I would copy somebody's voice or like somebody how I was fascinated with how people walked or whatever. It's like, it was just a thing that I did. And it was like, no, this is just what I do. Oh, that's what acting is? I didn't know. Just like you were just like, you took a drafting class. You were probably a pretty good drawer. You probably did this and that, but you never never thought about architecture but like you had prepared yourself without thinking which is kind of like yeah which is kind of what we've been talking about throughout this whole thing where like it's the difference between trying to do something I want this goal and 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 the difference between that and like having just like this is what I like doing this is what I like to do I just sit and draw that's it well yeah I have been.
2: it's it that's absolutely right and it's that I've been given that Um, again, this orientation, I think is, uh, inner orientation is, is extremely important. Mm -hmm. You were given those talents, Mm -hmm. not your talents. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're your talents, but you were given those Mm -hmm. talents. We've been given our lives.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Um, it's, we, we haven't made it up, right? So. Right off the bat, if I'm paying attention to, which of course I wasn't <laughs> paying attention to what I've been given
0: mm-hmm.
2: and at least acknowledging that there are forces greater than myself that are acting on me all the time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I can then become a part of, that I can go with forces mm-hmm. within myself that mm-hmm. allow, allow a creativity as the forces inside yourselves
0: mm-hmm.
2: allow for a creativity. Um, that's an extremely important thing. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's that we take credit for things that are not ours. This is like the serenity prayer, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and don't pay attention to the things that have been given to us enough. Yeah. Again, it's paying, paying attention and having the openness to follow something that is coming through one
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, that's being given in the world. And then there's a payment for it. By the yeah. way, um, mm-hmm. you know, we can't, we often don't pay for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's got its own consequences, but that's a topic.
1: So I, w- I would say also uh, another theme that's been here, the idea of, of the practice that was created to get you to that point. You know, uh, you you talk about all these different elements. You talk about the fashion elements, the, the idea of your mom sculpting, the music that you played, um, the fact that you were taking this drafting, the fact that you were constantly into making things. It was like this almost this inadvertent practice that you were creating, or that was the space that was created for you to sort of hone these skills, so that once you got to that class everything could come together and you what, what did you call it again the kick in the eye what, what's the japanese satori. Satori. satori
2: s-a-t-o-r-i i love that it's like guy
1: but you know are you familiar with mm-hmm. the guy that that idea of like that place of happiness in the middle like what you know what yeah you're familiar with all this um so i i this first of all this always happens where we have these conversations. And then I look at the clock, and I'm like, oh my God, it's been an hour and a half. And <laughs> when Otto and I initially started doing this, we were putting out five hour podcasts because we didn't care. We're like every second of it. The- <laughs> <No pressure." laughs> get feedback from people like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a month in. I'm a, I've almost gotten through your first episode. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna ask you this, this this last question, which was not be a yes or no question, but how much do you feel uh, the un, uh, how much do you feel that the unorthodox way that you came to the practice of architecture affected the type of architecture or the type of spaces that you create that you end up you've managed to create like we'd even talk about uh, you know I was in the class where you were talking about how you redesigned Sandy Hook and how you I mean, and obviously it was you with, with, the, with the community, not just you in isolation in some room like Howard Rourke, but how you and the community redesigned that space to not only reflect, the, um, re- reflect what the, the intention of the space is for, which was to educate kids, but also simultaneously to create safety in this intentional but almost invisible way you know, and so it'd be great if you could talk about that a little bit, but then also talk about how, you know, because now you're you're at this point, you said you recently retired, where there's a lot of reflection happening, you know, mm-hmm. um, part of it is through this conversation, how you might feel that the way you got into architecture, the fact that you're the guy in the jeans with the patches in the room, not the person who's already apprenticing at the firm and wearing the suit and is, you know, um, is already in the practice, you know, even like you were saying, like, even some of the stuff you would make, people would be like, what was that, that feeling of being on the outside, which is something I resonate with, or something resonates with me, that feeling of never of not quite fitting in, empowering you within what you do. That's a super long question.
2: Yes. No, no. I'm sorry, no, <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> always no, never um, 42 it's a, it, it, no it's a great question and it, it's completely relevant I'm, I'm trying to get to a uh, a fairly succinct response to it, I don't think it's an answer, but I think there's a response to it that's important. Um, We don't appreciate the influences that we have, going back to what I was saying earlier. Um, And there is a way in which disciplines narrow the focus, and appropriately so, in order to learn something. It doesn't take advantage of, necessarily, a much deeper, humane um, dimension that needs to inform everything. We forget that. We forget that in every profession, I think, that we pursue so easily. Um, and I was lucky to have had these other influences. Um, and I was lucky to meet people who reminded me of the Mr. Siegel, who I, I mentioned, Minor White was a real influence in my life, a man that I met, who was, who was arguably one of the greatest photographers of the 20th century, mm-hmm. um, and taught me a great deal about how to be grateful for creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the way he spoke about the pictures that he took, that the, the moment was, was waiting for for you to come to it (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and having an attitude about that with respect to architecture, um, the remembering my father, respecting people, um, that it's not about making beautiful buildings, though I would would hope that some of the buildings that that I worked on were beautiful. It's not about that. Um, uh, It's about inspiring the human spirit Everything, Mm. everything is about that. It's about all of us coming back to life because most of us, most of the time are dead. Mm. (laughs) We're dead. And we have moments where we come alive and we begin to, in that life, we resonate with life outside of ourselves and the life that in fact is supporting us, the life that we've been given um, and the life that we wish to resonate with. That informed quite clearly what I have, how I've participated in making architecture, for sure. Um, And I wasn't as taken by being a success in architecture, though I obviously wanted to be. um, And certainly had an oddball view of making buildings, and my buildings are kind of oddball. Um, And focusing on that inner piece of it, which had to do with the process and that how we are is what it becomes.
0: How we are is what it becomes. Wow. Right. Shit, man.
2: <laughs> oh man, Barry. Uh Hato. Kwaku. God, what a pleasure it is to be with you yeah,
0: guys. You're a rad dude, man. That was so, uh Wow. That, so that was same
2: time next week yeah let's <laughs> <laughs>
0: can i come over
2: <laughs> that's what i was gonna say i'm gonna play some music
0: yeah that's man what I, I wow what what a pleasure what it, what, it you know? pleasure for me yeah it was a fantastic just, all of that stuff is just spinning in my head it's one of these conversations i'm gonna walk away from just keep ruminating and thinking because there's so much inspiration in what you said and there's so much uh a good life that you've given me and a good inspiration because I think that's the other thing. It's like, we all need each other, right? It's like, we're not siloed. And so like, sometimes you need to hear it from somebody to go, Oh yeah, get back on that horse. And it's not because I want to get somewhere. It's because getting on the horse is the cool thing. It's really cool. Just go for a ride. So, um, wow. Thank you so much for an absolutely fantastic conversation. This is a
2: parting shot. What you just said is really important, that Mm -hmm. um, the conversation is what happened. You know, Mm -hmm. I spoke, you spoke, Mm -hmm. Kwaku spoke. Mm -hmm. It would not have been possible, first of all, without you creating the circumstance, but it would not have been possible without the interaction among us. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the most important thing. It's not what I said. It's not what you said. It was the listening that was as important as the speaking. Um, It is a thing. So... Mm-hmm. Great. Thanks for creating the thing. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> for creating the circumstance for the thing. <laughs> yeah. And
0: thank you, Kwaku. Whatever that bring... thing is. Yeah. <laughs> bringing such a rad dude on, man. And I think uh, with that said, I'm going to ask the guy with the Yankees hat. Who are you? I am Kwaku. And who are you? I am Otto.
1: And this is Radio Zumbunda, the... Dope. Shit. And... And... Who have we had the pleasure of? And and this is how I, I this is how I always know it's amazing because I look at the clock and like, how's it that time? Who have <laughs> we had the pleasure of spending the plat uh, the, the past hour with
2: me? Yeah, <laughs> Barry Spiegel's Barry really Spiegel, with and Otto.
0: <laughs> Yes fantastic wow this guy yeah (laughs) who moi (laughs) i love it thank
2: you so much fun thank you guys very much thank
0: you so much dude thank you so much man
1: was the one, the owner, Barry Zvigals. Emphasis on the gals. Svigals. Svigals.
0: Yes. That, wow. I should have guessed that that man was an architect. I mean, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm not uh-huh. asking for a give, uh-huh. give back or anything, but like uh-huh. I should have guessed. Just like, but forget forget the game. Uh, I, I you know, I am always impressed by everyone we bring on and uh, that went into levels of like a philosophy and um just real deep in why we do this not just radio zamunda but sort of how the, how all of the interconnected pieces are you and me and whoever the guest is and whoever might be listening and our personal lives and our personal beliefs and 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 what we want to accomplish or not accomplish or how we want to be. And it always gets down back to that thing of, you know, the journey. I know it sounds all woo woo and corny, but it's like, you don't know what you're going to get, but yeah. like, just like throw some stuff out there and figure it out and, Oh, oops, I'm an architect. How did that happen? You know what I mean? You know, I'm an actor. Oh, you're a musician. Oh, I'm an education. How did that happen? Yeah. Um, I think and you know the thing that i love about a lot of the guests that you bring on because education as i think I, I think i told you there was a path where i was going to be a professor just because i love teaching i love and what i think teaching is is inspiring i don't think it's like teaching people how to do the math tables or whatever all also important but there's something about inspiring somebody to Find who they are, and to do that, even if it's not in the field that you might be teaching. Uh, And I feel like Barry is that kind of person where, just from his own experiences in life and how he approaches his craft, yeah. Um, I think all of those have elements, and we could have had seven or eight sessions, and we need to bring him back on, Mm -hmm. just because you know his, his his. I would love to see the places that he's made and experience them i would love to like take a mic and go with him and interview him as that's... we're walking through a space like that you know what i mean like that's the kind of stuff
1: that that's inspiring in me you know we were we barely i, I say this all the time but we barely scratched the surface like mm-hmm. uh he was actually supposed to be in the group shanana like he played with all those guys
0: and... shanana
1: i used to watch the frick out of that show I'm saying dude
0: good night sweetheart good
1: night. and shut up like one of the nights like one of the nights i was hanging out with him he was telling the story about how they had a gig and he was kind of like oh, i'm over this i'm not gonna go yeah and it was i think it was at like columbia and then that was the day they were discovered no way you know <laughs> that's amazing. that wasn't his journey that's
0: not his thing yeah yeah
1: and then mm-hmm. even like i was trying to get him to talk more a little bit and because he's, he's very modest but he also yeah. beyond being modest he has this larger view of yeah. everything you talk mm-hmm. to him and mm-hmm. it's almost like someone's just sort of like zooming you out you, yeah you yeah. can see how you can see all these connections between things mm-hmm. but even the sandy hook space the way it was designed because i sat in on this class that uh that he and sam were teaching we'll have sam on at some point right um and uh they had the superintendent from sandy hook mm-hmm. zoom in to talk to the class mm-hmm. the way they redesigned the building they designed it where you had to go uphill to get to it mm-hmm. there's been literally a moat around mm-hmm. the school around mm-hmm. the space yeah and so that it's you know there's a moat, so it's like you can't just bum rush it. But the yeah, yeah, moat yeah. Itself, they use that as part of the science program. Yeah, little kids, and they pack. And so when you were talking about fish, yeah. I thought he was going to go mm-hmm. into that. And mm-hmm. it's just the idea of that, where if you're a kid, you're looking at the space and you're like, "This is the coolest place ever. It looks like a yeah. castle. Do all these things." Yeah, but he's baked into it the security right. that the community needed. Right. So it wasn't like he just came right. in with this idea. Yeah, you know, when yeah. he was talking about listening. Yeah, and and even beyond that, that that superintendent just kept talking about how healing he was to mm-hmm. the community through mm-hmm. the design process. Yeah, and so his, you know, his uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but his thing, mm-hmm. so powerful. And it's you know, and I haven't seen him at this point probably in like three years because the last time I saw him was pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. um and so I I like I just knew he was this amazing person right I'd forgotten how powerful it is to be in a space with him
0: right and you if, you if, you think if you put if you were gonna get a, an Avengers team and you threw him yes with Zabe Bent yes oh yes throw in some uh uh your boy Jeremy and Perry yep. from the D school yep. throw in a little Luca Perry yep Lauren McBain. Yep. Right. And uh, your man, uh, who's the cat who, um, oh, damn, 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 damn. Ah, uh, he, 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 Another, another, uh, he, I, I met him through you on Radio Zamunda. I cannot believe I'm forgetting this cat's name. Uh, from uh, also like the Laura McBain sort of group. Dan of Ryder. People. Dan Ryder. Through yes. those, through, like make a school, design a school with those people, like design a K through, you know, high school <laughs> with those people yeah. and the, all the world's problems are solved. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like done, right? They just be like, oh, you're going to give us the mic? Okay, boom. This is what we're going to do. And then like forget about any problem in the world. They, they would solve it, I think, you know. And you could put out a mixtape with
1: all these people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hells, you <know>. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, hell's yeah. Um, it's, mm. I was I, like the thing with him, and it's like you don't realize that you know we're talking about practices and spaces and all that. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know if you've ever experienced this where you feel like you fall out of your creative practice or you mm. you get stagnant within your creative practice. Right. And you have these conversations with people, and it almost recenters. Oh yeah, that's right. That's why I do this. Right. Yeah. Um. That's what I just got from him today.
0: Yeah. And i think i like that zoom out thing that you said because you know what i love about us and i think we've said this ad nauseum on this podcast at uh, now but you know you sit down and you say well this guy's an architect and so okay we're going to be talking about buildings and we're going to be talking about design and we're going to be talking about that. like with all of that is great we didn't talk about any of that and i think that's the point right it's like it's not the thing right it's it's everything that he says it embodies is what he is doing. So you can't even just look at the building and go, Oh no, it's like the building is the last thing that gets built. Like the song is the last thing that gets written. Right. Or sung. Right. It's like everything else that went into that is, I forget what he said. He said, um, Oh God, something about everything. We are, everything we put, we are what we put into things, something like that. Yeah. 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 And I think that he is the, embodiment of that and yeah. i think a lot of the people all of the people that we've talked to on this podcast for the last five years are that right and yeah. think of all the people that we've talked about that's what Joe
1: doing joe yeah, yeah, yeah. podcast oh yeah how yeah. so much of him he put into that movie yeah and joe Trulio, Yep, that, and that magazine that he mm-hmm. used to grow up watch it or grow up reading yep. that comic mm-hmm. thing and that they were doing a special on it so mm-hmm. much of that was him even the idea of 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 creating this this artistic space Mm -hmm. in a place that feels unrealistic and feels difficult Mm -hmm. and the magic that came from that Mm -hmm. which i it really felt like that embodied a lot of what he does in his career Mm -hmm. and a lot of what he does in his relationships and even Mm -hmm. a lot of his struggle to even make a movie
0: yeah and the collaborative part of it you know yes Uh, Barry was talking about collaborating with the community of Sandy Hook by, you know, and you, you, so you eloquently said it wasn't like he was alone in a room designing the place and said, okay, here's what we're going to do. He sat with all those people and felt with all those people and went through and shared their trauma and shared what they were going through. And that's when he was able to do anything, just like Joe it's not like we had any trauma or anything like that, but Joe Letrulio also understood that he, he has a vision, but like he has to let everybody in. And then what he gets at the end is something that not even he can expect because now we have all been a part of it. So well, I would
1: push back a little. Yeah. Joe did mm-hmm. have the trauma of hearing no. Yeah, that's that too. Yeah, it's not about you know measuring them up again. Sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. But at least he had that struggle mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Of like yeah. told now nah, this isn't gonna happen for you. Yeah, yeah. You know, Beautiful stuff, man.
0: Good, yeah. Another one, uh, another home run, Quaku. You're, yeah. you're getting pretty good at this, bro. Like uh, you're not bad. <laughs> no. Your skills on
1: guessing have fallen off.
0: Drunk. Yeah, man. Well, that was, you know, <laughs> hey.
1: everyone once now, in a while.
0: Even even LeBron misses. Even <laughs> Steph Curry misses. Man. <laughs> even Steph misses. So, I gotta say, I'll be back. I'll be back, everybody. Uh huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. And with that said, who are you? <laughs> I, I'm Kwaku, and who are you? I'm Otto, and this is Radio Zamunda, the... Dope. Shit. Thanks for listening, everybody.
1: And I don't know if you notice anything getting dark, and it's getting cold, and the nights are getting long, and I don't know if you
2: even notice it all,
1: and I'm long gone.
2: I keep.